Hey, I'm Guy Powell here, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on Marketing. If you haven't already done so, please visit ProRelevant.com and sign up for all of these episodes and podcasts. I am the author of the newly released book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine, Prepare Your Team to Win. You can find more information on this at marketingmachine.prorelevant.com. You know, there are so many decisions marketers need to make where should they spend their money? Should it be spent on paid digital, social, search, video, affiliate, you name it? And also, how do they all interact? And then whether you're a, whether you're a small or a large marketer, getting this mix right can drive significant incremental sales. Today, we'll be interviewing Travis Lodolinsky, also known as Travis Michael of Trav Media, and he is a branding and messaging expert. So I'm looking forward to learning a, a lot about that as it relates to how to really drive sales through your marketing investments. So let me tell you a little bit about Travis. Travis is a graduate of Waynesburg University in specializing in digital media and graphic design. He's the creator of Trav Media Group, which was established in 2017. And he's a Toastmasters trained public speaker on many topics such as leadership, marketing, technology, and, uh, and just about everything else. He works with local and national clients providing rich media marketing services, including marketing, marketing research, analytics, social media management, branding, and messaging. And most important, he has fun in coaching and mentoring youth football, baseball, and wrestling. And I will admit, I was a coach myself, and I never had so much fun coaching my son and his soccer team and, and his baseball team. Travis, welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Guy. I'm truly thankful that to, to be on here and you know, we we have so we've had so many interesting co uh, conversations outside of just recording that I was like, we need to be recording. But no, I I'm uh, I'm really excited to share some of the the um, the you know what really started my um, my v vision of 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 media and marketing and where where it came from. And honestly, I'm. I, I'm a comic book nerd. I love comics. <laughs> and what, uh -oh. I really, what, what I really learned from, from comics is that, um, you know, while, while my school teachers were trying to shove books down my throat, I learned that a, an image is worth a thousand words, if not more. And then all, all you see is little wham, splack, you know, you know what's going on. You know, and then you're it, it 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 triggers a different part of the brain where you're going, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're kind of envisioning the animation of that actually going on from that picture. So there's it, it's never I talk about rich media. It, it's being able to take your your vision and apply the the story behind it. And that becomes your brand story. And your brand story should be uh, deep in your your customer, your market, and your product. Those three things need to talk and communicate um, as, as you develop your your message. 
Absolutely. And uh, I like your uh, analogy there with the uh, comics, because you're so right. A, a picture can tell a thousand words. So then uh, stepping back into your comic days, maybe a little later than that. So tell us your backstory on marketing. How did you get uh, started in marketing? Yeah, well, I, I, I saw, you know, while I was taking design classes, I, I you know, I, I really, I, I wasn't geared, I wasn't gearing myself to be an art teacher. Um, I wasn't gearing myself to put my artwork in museums, although, you know, I'm still very talented at, you know, some other crafts and, you know, modeling things. And it, I, I saw that there need, there was another step that needed to happen in order for someone to even want to buy your stuff. And that's where, that's where marketing comes in. And um, I always, with, with, with marketing, it's kind of the you, people want to buy, but they don't want to be sold. And um, I've had so many uh, interesting sales jobs that I'm like, if this company did their marketing correctly, they wouldn't have a sales problem. And that's to that's kind of where that comes in. Then you can tag on advertising. Well, if they did advertising right, well, then they probably wouldn't need you know. So it, it it's not even just that you advertise again. Again, it comes down to your message. Why why are people looking for your products or service? Um, what who who are they? What do they do? that makes them in search of your product or service. Um, you know, whenever you go to the store to buy a hammer, you don't actually need a hammer. You need a nail to build a house, to build a fort. You know, you, it's the, that type of mindset can shift. You, you, you being able to look through your buyer's eyes and figure out what it is that they're thinking. What are some common, um, you know, some people you know, may come back and say, you know, maybe, maybe it's too much. Maybe there's, um, you know, what are you know, the, if you're in like a, a sales mode, right. You know, you're, you're trying to understand what, what qualities make your product the the best right is it your turnaround time um i my my coaches have taught me in not not just not me that because you're kind of speaking to the choir at this point is you you can either sell on pricing or you can sell on brand but if you're in a pricing war uh, you're just going to continue to to drop and continue to drop and continue to drop and get your your ROI then just becomes lower 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 lower. But if you increase your your or deepen their why, when you deepen their why, then it becomes um, it, they will come to you no matter the price. Mm. That is uh, that is uh, so true, and I really like your state 
your statement too early on you said uh, people don't have a sales problem they usually have a marketing problem and uh that is uh that is so true and you know and i i do like your your point uh, you never hear anybody talking about a brand war you know it's always a price war and everybody loses on a price war but on a brand war technically everybody can win if everybody is growing their brand uh then the value of their 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 products and their services goes up and and uh, and they can charge higher prices, get higher margins, and 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 then win the war in the end. I really like your uh, your points there. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I so, just saw a, a, a quick, real quick. I, I just saw a case study. It was a Coca Cola and Pepsi, um, ha- literally had the same ad, and just changed. It, and it was just kind of funny. So it was, <laughs> it, it was, um, I think it was it was a can of Coke with a um with a pepsi like it was like a pepsi cape but it looked like the can right so it looked like (laughs) the can was kind of unraveling but it was looked like a cape and it was like something about um so you know someone wearing a costume for halloween and then that was one company's and then the other company says you know Everybody wants to be a hero. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Like, you, right. You know, so they, it was like the same image and it was just, you know, the two iterations and how the, you know, even, even if you take a look at, you know, um, rap wars and, you know, some, uh, some obviously have turned out bad, but if, if, they're increasing each other's popularity because now they're, you know, you know, they're kind of at each other. Well, guess what? Next to every Home Depot is a Lowe's. Next to every <laughs> TC Maxx is a Ross. Next to, I mean, it, so those types of markets will thrive next to each other whenever you're developing a brand because it, but there also has to be a market, right? Um, if you... Well, and it goes to your point about search too. Is uh, you know where do where do you where's the best place to to locate a shoe store? It's right next to the other ones, and that's because people are searching. So you want to that is yeah. right when they're in the uh, the right part of the buyer cycle, right? Um, you know, the, you go there's you know Baker Square, right? You hear a lot of those. So there's like nothing but restaurants the whole <laughs> way around, and or and or markets, and so that way. People can go and make a day and like, you know, they, oh, I don't want to be next competition. Well, guess what? Competition is actually really good for you. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, what we found, too, is uh, is quite often uh, competitive advertising raises all boats in many, many industries. If I advertise my brand, it'll actually increase sales for your brand and vice versa. And uh, and you're so right about that. Um so, you know, one thing that's kind of interesting and I like to always ask is, uh, you know, how has uh, marketing changed uh, over the last few years? And I think you started your business in 2017. So like decades and decades ago, more or less in, <laughs> in technology and marketing time. Right. So what has changed over that over those decades? Well, whenever I first came in, you know, very few companies were uh, were. were, were were brand focused. The brand focus really wasn't so it was very product focused. And it was basically um 
here I am, here's the product, you know, not really speaking to the audience, but speaking to the product. A very, uh, a lot of companies lack their why, but also in the same token, these days, we have more savvy customer customer base. I, I feel that people, you know, with, with this digital age, we can educate ourselves incredibly quickly on value of, of, of products and services. So the, you know, the, the increase of the, of our information age, I mean, you could be a child and literally start learning, you know, quantum physics <laughs> from watching YouTube videos. The type of information we have access to these days, uh, you know, has decreased the time it takes to educate. Um, even using ch uh, chat GPT, AI, um, predis.ai, another one. Yep. Yep. Uh, they, they have filled in a lot of time gaps, you know, and anytime. You, you start on a new job or if you're in HR or if you're hiring, whenever you're talking to someone, you're trying to figure out how long it's going to take from the time you hire them to onboard them and bring them up to at least 90% capacity of knowledge about what it, what it is you do and flow and everything like that. So whenever you are working on projects now, you can decrease the amount of time it takes by by prompting uh, you know the, these AI platforms to get a quicker response on not only um, not only information but flow. Um, mm. You know, it will literally break down the steps that you need to take on certain um, areas that you're focusing on. Um, creating custom platforms if you're coding and you're not using chat gpt for your coding and you know you're you're missing out because it is shortening the amount of time that it's taking um i i started yeah. building, building custom plugins from for my websites um i started building you know custom apis for the apps that we're building um you know the currently building an app for deaf for the deaf community and the one of the issues was that we weren't you know we weren't registering um people that were signing up and well i built a custom uh api that connected the app to the website so we could use the website for the registration and it's been working out wonderfully um but building that um building you know chat gpt essentially helped me build that tunnel to connect the two things so now yeah we're, we're actually we've got first round approval on apple and google so we're on phase 1b and uh we're getting ready to we're lo looking forward to rolling out a launch here um in, in late summer early fall 
to really get our hands on it. Yeah, that is fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, and uh, so tell us about this uh, application that you've been working on for the deaf. What, what's that all about? And how do you get involved in that? Yeah, it, it was wonderful. I, about a, a year and a half ago, um, I, I started working with, uh, maybe, maybe it's about two years ago now, um, started working with a gentleman out, of, out in Utah and building his design learning membership program. And so I build a lot of custom websites and work with, you know, the uh, verbiage on the custom websites and, and those types of things and being able to market those properly. And so after one of our meetings, he says, Travis, can you, can you stick around? I got a, got a really important question for you. I said, hey, what's up, Todd? He says, my son was born deaf. And we're now at a stage in life and technology where I feel like the technology is there to create an app to help him communicate in real time. He said, well, we've done a lot of research and you know, I, I feel like we're 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 there, or at least we can get there, really close to there. And I said, yeah, I can work with my development team. And um, we started last fall, and you know, we're now in beta up on the major uh, major play stores. So um, I can get. Give Guy the, the the links there so that way he can get them up on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and we've I've learned so much and working with the deaf community has really pushed me into public speaking because now I understand that a lot of deaf people wish they could talk and I don't want to squander any of my blessings. So um, I, I'm, I try to get out there and talk to people and, you know, educate them and give them, you know, good, good info, good juju and um, you know, give them the, the right foot up. I, I you mentioned I, I do mentorship and um, you know, work with a, a lot of really cool businesses. And, um, you know, it's it's wonderful seeing the growth that people have, you know, as you know, and, I tell people sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're not in a place to, to afford me, but you know, I, I may drop some nuggets while we're eating lunch. So, you know, it, I, I like to, uh, you know, be able to really dive in and help people. So, um, but that's, yeah, kind of well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and it sounds like what you've been doing for this, uh, this deaf app, I mean, wow, be able to, uh, to do what you're talking about that. That's, uh, that is awesome. So uh, kudos to you and, uh, and, uh, and we'll definitely put out some links that'll be able to help you support that. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, thank you for that. So, you know, one of the problems that I've seen, uh, and, and you have too, is, uh, you know, what is, what are the opportunities or what are the benefits of doing uh, uh, well, even the challenges, I guess, of doing uh, product marketing as opposed to customer focused marketing. And uh, there's one other cat, uh, there's one other type there as well. And that is category focused advertising. We've done some interesting stuff where you have uh, interesting analytics and, and, and what have you, where we're comparing 
a totally brand focused ad versus a product focused ad versus a category focused ad. And uh, so tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about that and how you uh, how you address at least the product and consumer uh, focused uh, kinds of uh, marketing. Well, I think a product focused ads, you know, if you think about the the tire ads that you you used to see in the newspaper, you know, it's same same thing. Uh, you know, basically they slap on a picture of the product. There's a there's a number, <laughs> uh, there's a price on it. You know, there's, there's, you know, maybe it's a, you know, that maybe we'll, we'll use lawnmowers as an example. I feel like that, you know, that because I've seen so many diverse, um, you know, so then the, there's just the ad of the lawnmower and maybe there's, you know, special placement. Maybe it's a banner. Um, I'm on a, a lawn and garden website. Okay. We'll kind of give it the parameters, right? I'm, Lawnmower ad on a lawn and, lawn and garden website. I see one ad, and it's just the the price and the, th- and the thing. Well, the, I go to another page, still on the lawn and garden website. I'm now seeing a, um, you know, maybe it's a zero turn. I've seen these ones, and it, maybe it's an animated ad, and you know, you, you just it's kind of like an aerial view, and you. You, you see just the the lawnmower kind of trance like going around in circles on repeat and you know so like that that triggers something within me that you know even f- from the just viewing it you know it's it's giving me a feeling versus showing me a price and, and a thing yeah, and I would uh, uh, I like I like your your point. Although the price is more of a uh, the price ad is more of a uh, I don't know if I would call that a product ad. Uh, one and the reason why I'm uh, I'm going to push back a little bit here is we actually did some analytics on a uh, what I would call a product ad without the price. It was what are the features of the product? What do you get? Yeah. You know, as you opposed value, value ads, you do value ads. Yeah. Right? So, um, and it was in, um, uh, and I can't tell you the industry because I, I don't want to, I can't, you know, I'm under confidentiality, but it's a product focused ad and it says, uh, you know, it talks about the brand certainly, but then it says, and this is the product and here's what kind of what the features are and, uh, you know, and the benefits to that, that product. Uh, then they had uh, a, a brand ad and the brand ad was, um, you know, it was about, uh, you know, positioning the brand and, and certainly n- and not mentioning the product. It just mentioned the company name and it basically said, uh, you know, and here's, you know, kind of what, you know, what the feelings are and the emotions are around the brand. And then uh, the other one we did or they did and we tested as well was uh, what I call a category ad. So where they were talking about um, a whole new feature in the category. So it wasn't it was clearly a tied to the brand, but it was it was like a whole new feature in the in the category and not necessarily mentioning what the product was. So it was kind of like a they called it a category ad. I think it makes sense to call it a category ad. It may actually be you know a different type of ad depending on what you're doing. And one of the things that was fascinating, at least in the short term, and uh, uh, within in the short term, let's say is six months. Uh, in the short term, the product ad actually did the best in terms of incremental sales. Uh, so where they were tying the ad 
to the brand, to the feature and the benefit of the product. And that actually increased their sales the most dollar for dollar or GRP for GRP that did better than the brand ad. And it did better than the, 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 the category uh, ad. Now I will admit, maybe we weren't looking over a long enough period, uh, but nevertheless uh, in that particular in instance, uh, you know, we measured then the impact of those three kind of uh, different themes in their advertising. And the product one is the one that uh, turned out the best. Um, well, and, and that could, where were you, you, that could also go go down to your keywords, right? You know, if if you are, you putting in you know search terms, right? So if you're putting in search terms, uh, I use a tool called SEM Rush. I don't know, if yeah. it, and it's wonderful if you're if you're a new marketer, you know, they they have certain terms that are will will trigger certain results um where, where it says like people are looking for uh they're look maybe they're looking for information maybe they're looking to buy maybe there's so there's certain search terms too that uh that can drive those um you know so if if you're you know maybe if you're they're looking for more informational uh or or if they're looking for, yeah, if they're looking for more, more informational, maybe they want more brand-driven content. Mm. Um, whereas if they're looking for transactional product, you know, they're looking for product. Yeah. So, you know, they, they want to, you know, see the, get the deets, the descriptions, um, your value propositions, what, what makes you stand out versus your competitor. So... Yeah, I like your point about, uh, you know, the impact of uh, media on search, because, uh, you know, one of the things I think a lot of marketers do wrong is uh, they look at paid search kind of in, in, in an island. And, uh, you know, in reality, uh, paid search is one part of what the consumer does when they when they open up their browser. They either type it in the address bar, or they type it into the search bar. And then, then once they've done that, they get a handful of responses, whether they typed in xyz.com or just xyz, they get the links at the bottom. And then whether they click on the sponsored link or the organic link underneath that, that's totally consumer behavior. And, I, and one of the things that I think a lot of uh, marketers do wrong is they don't really understand that it's the three things that have to be looked at together. And that, uh, and that search is a, it's kind of a response medium. It's kind of a call to action. It's not the initiating action. In very, very few cases, is it the initiator? It's usually a response to something else that happened that triggered it. I, I mean, at, at the simplest level, every website, app, te technology, input, output, input, output, every, it's ones and zeros, um, that's the you know, input output, you know, and so the you know, what you looking at people's you know, again you had mentioned consumer behavior. So what you put out and what it, it will generate a response, and you need to identify, and sometimes that response is to stop reading what you're putting out. And a lot of times that happens because 
you're putting out too much. And, um, you don't feed a duck by throwing the loaf of bread at it. <laughs> right? You, you pull off a piece, maybe you toss it. Oh, there's <laughs> loaf. Quack, 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 quack. Goes over each piece. And then you, you can start you know, shoveling off bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit. Uh, I've... Uh, I've started onboarding. I was onboarding a client and he's, I said, you know, send me over any kind of marketing material you had guy. If he would have printed everything off, it probably would have been around 36 pages. <laughs> he had a, he, he had a uh, specialty or like a shuttle service or like a, like a black car, like a black car. Mm -hmm. service. Shouldn't have been that. I mean, that that much depth and i mean it was deep like thick <laughs> like it wasn't a, it wasn't an outline it, somebody wrote this um god bless them I, but i i had to really scale down what it is and i think he you know what he lost a lot of clarity of what he was trying to do along the way so um, you know, if you're trying to focus on too many things, it you, you don't really focus on any of them. Mm. Um, yeah, and a lot of you know you can say that you know, really, but it comes down to like messaging. Like, if you're if if your messaging is totally skewed, um, you need to be able to. And, and a lot of what I'm about to say is will apply to like email marketing, right? So typically you're you're able to segment people into groups, right? And so you, I got a client that they did an Italian, it's a small Italian store. that They do specialty foods and those types of things. Well, one of the things they do is they sell wine juice. Well, the same people that are want wine juice may not necessarily want the weekly newsletter. So, you know, being able to segment those two groups. Um, <clears throat> another client, they deal in uh, jet parts for private jets, right? So their messaging to mechanics is going to be different than their messaging to um, the, the owners of the fleets. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you're, and you're so right about that. And, and how to uh, structure that message to each of the recipients or each of the decision makers that are going to be part of that that decision. Um, you know, I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, we talked a little bit about AI. Um, maybe we can dig a little deeper in there because uh, uh, I I don't know. I'm I am just absolutely fascinated with uh, with this and and how it can how it already has. I was at a at a at a, uh, a meeting of the AMA here in Atlanta, the American Marketing Association here in Atlanta, and everybody raised their hand when one of the panel members said, so how many of you are using ChatGPT today? Today, it was everybody. It was absolutely everybody. And uh, I was amazed at how fast that has taken off. So tell us, uh, tell us where you see that going and, and how you're uh, thinking of using it. So one, uh... I'm very tactical in how I how I use it. Um, 
I, I, I say that in like, like I'm being like super serious, but really I'm, I'm just trying to be very focused on what I ask it to do because you, if you don't ask chat GPT, the right questions, you're not mm. going to get the right answers. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you start, uh, misspelling a bunch of, uh, words and whatever you're typing into google it's not going to put out the right answer um you know, it's probably the best comparison that i yeah, have yeah. for that but um but being very clear in you know what you're trying to do um as you know i was trying to get understand how i can build um um build a uh, a plugin for the system that <clears throat> can uh, do a thing, right? And it literally gave me a step by step: apply for their their dev program. Um, you know, get once you're approved, you know, go through the you know, check out the library, get the codes, you know, start you know, connect it to your API, and you know double check the security between the two things and you know it was just i was like just doing this research probably would have taken me two weeks yeah yeah easy just the research just the research and now i can go okay this is already here here's what you know I, so i can go to the client you know here's where our hours are spent um this is what the protocol is looking like so you know these are things that google wouldn't have given me information on um you know I, it doesn't understand normal speech patterns or normal thought patterns um and you know i'm i'm interested in learning more about so the um kind of tailoring back to the deaf people app and the voice transcription technology that it uses um and so the the engine of the app's really cool but the 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 engine behind it is um really what depend what dictates the accuracy and so google is actually getting ready to uh release their their second model i uh, was called up Palm two, sorry, another on Palm one. Mm -hmm. Palm two is uh, so I forget the P stands for, but it's basically an audio language model. Mm. And Palm two is going to have some AI to do uh, machine learning and being able to um, to communicate uh, kind of across the board and being able to even you know translations and such. So. You know, we're really looking forward to getting our hands on that and implementing that, you know, even with so getting the AI to AI and machine learning technology behind yeah. that software. You know, then we can start flipping switches and open it up to with transcription. So if you were to go to France, you could then use this as the universal communicator uh, where it would transcribe what people say uh, and translate it and then also 
you would be able to type something in. It can then say it through the app and that you can have a conversation and you can actually, you know, learn what to say in real time. So that way, if you need to say it again, you've already heard it once. Um, and, you know, as, as you use it, it gets smarter and being able to understand dialects whenever you're in different regions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I grew up kind of jumping rope across the Mason Dixon line uh, between uh, Maryland and Pennsylvania. And it, it was, um, it, you know, the soda and pop. So soda in Maryland, yep. pop in Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. They mean the same thing, you know, as I'm saying, you know, can I get a soda? Can I get a pop? Um, you know, and then you go out west, it's soda pop, right? So being able to um, understand, you know, those types of things, it can um, really um, expand, you know, who we communicate with, you know, it's. And, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, um, and, and, you know, so this concept, I like what you're talking about, the, uh, the concept of a, uh, the Star Trek universal translator or whatever it is. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. I will admit. And, you know, it's the, 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 the technology for AI and chat GPT or Palm or Bard or whatever they're all, they all have out there. It, it is very impressive. And the funny thing is it's, it's going to, it's going to explode because it's, you know, you can use yourself. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, the doomsday machine. I'm going to use myself to improve myself to get to the next level to where I can improve myself even faster. And it is, uh, it is going to be fascinating because you're right. It, you can write apps for, it'll write the app for you, or at least give you, you know, most of the, the, uh, the work that you need to write the app. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible. And from, I, you know, having the, uh, whenever we were getting ready to um, submit the app for approval to, to Google and Apple, my, my developer came to me and says, Travis, we don't, we don't, we don't have anywhere to store the registration. So whenever people sign up on the app, you know, how do we get notified? And I said, well, <laughs> I, I know our website has that functionality because I built it on WordPress and it has the ability right. to register people and i said well light bulb um let's create and he, you know my developer came back and he says well in that case we need to develop a rest api and the rest api is um basically some code that allows whatever the um whenever the app some hits a hits a button then it triggers a link and to the website and it then sets up a, a send receive mm -hmm. for them to be able to communicate. And so um, I, I said, okay, let me see what I can come up with. And within two hours, I had some code and my developer, he had, a, he had brought on another developer that actually specializes in in developing these REST APIs, and and the, this guy he was trying to sell me on his services. I said I don't need to, you to sell me on your services. I said I'm pretty sure I have this thing built. 
Um, I just need to verify some code and, uh, I had already done some testing and, um, I just needed to figure out where to point the thing to. And and he goes, yeah, he is. That's, um, that's what I would have built you. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I tell you, that's, uh, it is amazing uh, what it can do. That's for sure. So uh, let me just, uh, uh, I've got two more questions for you. So uh, what do you see now as the, as the new normal uh, in marketing? What is the new normal? You know, I, I've always said that it, you know, it's, it's build, building depth and value, you know, in your, in your brand and having good message uh, behind it. Um more and more people want to feel like they're in a part of a community. Mm. Uh, there's there's a there's a sense of disconnect and a sense of belonging in the same token. Whenever you do mm. feel connected, um, people are, are coming together for call on um, you know, seek causes, and so um, you know, or causes and feelings and. Um, Facebook has really cornered the market on um, so there's demographics, right? But they, um, Facebook has really cornered it on psychograph psychographics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, psychographics really comes down to understanding people's behaviors, um, whether it's uh, liking, buying patterns. Um, they've they have one of the most robust um, advertising engines. Um, however, um, it can sometimes be creepy because it's also AI and you don't realize it. And it's thinking about things that you would already like. And you may not even have said anything to anyone next to you know, you're seeing the product on your screen and going, this I didn't even say I wanted this, but this is what I what I actually wanted, um, and it's a it can be very odd for the for the consumer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure future generations will probably get more and more used to it as they are more you know uh, call it groomed but they're groomed with technology from an early age um, yeah I, I think you're right about that uh i mean our, my, our kids i mean man they've been on up you know on the on the iphones and the ipads and i mean they're there's so much i mean i'm pretty good at it but i'm not as good as they are and and sometimes it's the little things that get frustrating so they are so well groomed on it that that kind of stuff is just going to be the normal um one last question uh so what advice would you give a, a new up-and-coming marketer oh network network <laughs> network 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 um the book that really got me on my personal development journey was um how to win friends and influence people i actually just sent this book to my little sister um as she's starting to get into some business networking spaces um i'm trying to get her around get her comfortable talking around people um it can be very difficult especially for a young girl 
um, to develop her confidence. But uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People was that step up book. Mm. And, you know, there's a whole chapter in there about man's best friend. And that's the dog. And <laughs> the dog is all, always happy to see you. You know, you and that's literally how you have to act sometimes. Doesn't yeah. matter how you feel, your feelings don't mean anything. You 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 have to be so happy to see everybody, um, and you know, you make an impression and and really be not being genuine. You know, be you know when you're having conversations with people, um, asking the right questions. Um, yeah, find, finding out if people are even, you know, not everybody is not everybody is for you, right? Mm. So there are some people that you just can't talk to, and yeah. they're never going to talk to you for whatever reason, and you have to be okay with that. You have to be so okay with that mm -hmm. that at some point they're going to want to talk to you, not the other way around. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, thank you for that. I and I I agree with you. And yet, you know, sometimes it's so hard to network, uh, especially when you're you're working out of your home. You're not with people as much, and you just have to force yourself. And certain personalities, uh, it's hard, but you have to force yourself to to get out there and just, uh, you know, uh, you know, be whoever it is, be their best friend for, for that conversation. And you never know where, where it will lead. So well, uh, there, there's, there's also real quick, I'll, I'll leave them with it with a second bonus nugget for sticking around to the end. <laughs> so there, there's a technique that I use, especially whenever I'm networking with my friends. Um, and, and not that we're bad at networking. It's just that this gives us, uh, a second level of networking is um, we'll typically go through the the people that we want to or the companies that we see there that we want to connect with. And well, I'll give my list to my friend or my co-networker. They'll give me their list. And then there's a little game called that I like to play. Uh, it's called Two Kings. And so while you're praise, you have your net co-networkers, your co-king, you have their list. You're then trying to make the connection from them to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and vice versa. So then. And that, and that amplifies. I, I like that. That really amplifies. It, it, it's, a, it's a trampoline. It's, it's, it's a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Now, now you're already met and you're at a higher level because. Yep. They've boosted you up and, you know, you, you're already there. Well, let me uh, end there. Uh, and I appreciate it. That's a, that is definitely a good bonus. And uh, thank you uh, so much today for uh, participating. And uh, we'll get this out in the next couple of days and, and uh, go from there. Really appreciate it. And thank you again for participating. So where can people find out more about you and your company? Absolutely. You can go over to https colon forward slash forward slash trav 
dot media. That's T R A V as in Victor dot M E D I A. And you can also email me Travis at Trav dot media. If you want to connect outside of here. Fantastic. So Trav dot media, T R A V dot media. And uh, Travis, uh, thank you so much. And otherwise to the audience, please stay tuned for many other videos in this series of the backstory on marketing. And please visit marketingmachine.prorelevant.com to download the first chapter of my book and other valuable excerpts. And don't forget to sign up for more episodes uh, from this uh, podcast series. And if you liked this one, please rate it with five stars. Travis, thank you so much. Really appreciate it and great to talk to you. Thank you, guys.